Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And if you're a grandparent, no doubt you know there is no greater joy than sharing a lively, colorful book with your grandchildren. So today's show is going to be a special treat. Our guest, Ryan T. Higgins, is a number one New York Times best-selling author and illustrator, as well as the E.B. White Read Aloud Award winner and an Ezra Jack Keats New Illustrator honoree. But my favorite fact about him is that he's a self-described 37-year-old fourth grader, and who can resist a man like that? Ryan's joining us today to share all about his two latest books, Norman Didn't Do It, Yes, He Did, and Thanks for Nothing, a Little Bruce book. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is wonderful to be here. I really appreciate the time you've given uh, for me to hang out with you today. Thank you. Well, it is definitely my pleasure, and as I said in the intro and actually before we went on air, I love hanging out with 37-year-old fourth graders. It is a delight of my day, and I want to get to your two new books shortly, but I thought we might begin by you telling us a little bit about Bruce himself and how his series began, because this guy has led one heck of a fabled life so far. Oh, yeah, thanks, Bruce. Um is loosely based on my grandfather, um, who, who passed away a few years ago. Um, but so my grandfather was a lovable grump. You know how there's um, there's always that guy in the neighborhood, that old man in the neighborhood who, who kind of shouts at kids to get off his lawn. Well, in my neighborhood growing up, that was my grandpa. Um, and so, yeah, he, from the outside, he seemed kind of grumpy, but if you got to know him, he really was a kind soul. And, and Bruce... Um, has that in him too. There's lots of layers to Bruce. Bruce doesn't change. I, I don't want to ever. I won't, don't want him to like melt and become a softy at any point in his his uh, literary career. But um, the more readers read about him, the more they find out, and the more they uncover those layers of he's not just grumpy. So yeah, Bruce started off as just a sketch in one of my notebooks of a bear that had baby birds on his shoulder, and I thought that was interesting, and I needed to come up with what. Who was that bear? What was behind that picture? And um, and that's just sort of where the first story came from, and it's just been running in my head ever since. Each Bruce book is just a snapshot in time of, of what is going on in my head in Soggy Hollow, the town that, that Bruce lived in. So there's always stuff going on in Soggy Hollow in my mind, and the best stories are the ones that I, I make into books for kids to read. Well, well, I again before we went on air, I complimented you on your abilities to imagine. You have some creative juices there, Brian. But Bruce, I, 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 that's wonderful to have him be, you know, inspired by your grandpa. And I have to say, in Bruce's defense, in this book, especially, thanks for nothing. His his friends, if he gets to be grumpy, I mean, those mice would certainly make anyone grumpy. So tell us a little bit about yeah. Thanks for Nothing and the mice that are the bane of Bruce's existence. <laughs> yeah, part of the fun of most of the Bruce books is um, stuff happens to him that normally I think you feel bad for him about, but he's a grump, so you don't. it's almost funny. So if you start off with a, this grumpy character and then kind of bad things happen to him, not terrible things, but, you know, annoying things, it's easier to laugh at that character. So particularly in this book, um, thanks for nothing. It's a Thanksgiving book, and in it, 
Um, everyone in, in Bruce's life is thankful for, you know, the changing seasons, the bountiful food they have, the friendships, and, and all that stuff. And Bruce is a grump, so he's not thankful for any of those things. So at one point, someone says, you know, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. And then they say, what are you thankful for, Bruce? And, you know, nothing. Um, so we, in this book, um, in this book, Bruce is a grump, but he's also nice. So he is cooking a feast for everybody. But the trouble is, while he's cooking this feast, all these characters keep coming in and taking the ingredients and items from the feast. So that by the end of it, when it's time for everyone to eat, Bruce has nothing to serve. And so that's where the phrase, thanks for nothing, comes from. Is at the end, they all thank Bruce for nothing. But in a happy way. They actually are thankful. Because sometimes, you know, the best things to be thankful for are the things that, you know, you don't really typically think to be thankful about. So the things that no, need no thanks at all are the things that this book is thankful for. Well, and I have to, in Bruce's defense, I have to say, if I were doing that cooking and the mice came and messed up my feast, I would be a little grumpy myself. So uh, even if he said thanks for nothing, I think <laughs> you're right. There is a lesson to be learned in that. And speaking of lessons, the other book that you came out with, again, you've got to be a prolific uh, person to come out with a couple books at the same time. But Norman didn't do it. Yes, he did. Includes a life lesson for young children about doing the right thing even after you've done something you shouldn't. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that story, too? Yeah, I'm really excited about Norman Didn't Do It. Um, it is a new book about a totally new character for me, so it's always fun to introduce a new character to the world. It's also a little nerve-wracking um, because, you know, I don't know how he's going to be received. So I'm, I'm really excited to introduce him to everybody. Norman is a porcupine. And Norman's best friend is Mildred. Mildred is a tree. Norman and Mildred have this relationship that's very one-sided, right? Because he's a porcupine, she's a tree. She doesn't do too much other than just be a tree. So all the games they play is pretty much just Norman um, sort of projecting his own feelings onto this tree. It's sort of like an imaginary friend relationship. So Norman is really happy with the way things are. Just Norman and Mildred, Mildred and Norman. Then one day, a little tree starts to grow nearby. And Norman doesn't know what to do. He, he kind of goes a little unhinged, as it were, and um, he does something that he later regrets. So through this story, we sort of uh, experience all of Norman's emotions about first there's jealousy, there's worry, and then there's anger, and then there's, um, and then there's regret. And then, and then there's a happy ending where he realizes that, um, you know, sometimes when your best friend has another friend, it changes things. Life becomes different, but it doesn't mean it's going to become worse. And and I've thrown in a, enough jokes along the way that hopefully my audience will enjoy the story and laugh along with me. Um, one fun thing to do with this, this is the first book I've had where there is uh, a crime that happened in the night. Um, and, and in it, I, I sort of drew some inspiration from Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart. Because Norman does something, and then he regrets it. He feels really bad about it. And he sort of start. It starts to eat away at him, and he eats. He, he hits. He hits rock bottom at one point. Um, so it's fun to use Edgar Allan Poe as an influence. This dark story for this really sort of um, ridiculous and silly story. So it was fun to put those two together. And I had a lot of fun making it. And I, I hope that my readers enjoy it. 
You know, Ryan, you can tell you have fun doing these books. And as you said, your mind is always going. And, and But I, I, I want to ask you, being talented both as an author and an illustrator, generally do, does the storyline come first? Do you get, you know, illustrations and you add words to the illustrations? How does, how does that process work for you? Yeah, I um, I almost always think of my stories first as sort of like animated cartoons in my head. It's like a short movie that runs in my head, and that's the story, and I will write it down as quickly as I can. That doesn't wind up being the final version, but it's just sort of, it comes to me as a little animated short, and I, I will, the writing process I try to keep pretty separate from the illustrating process. So I will translate what I see in my head down into a manuscript that will look kind of a lot like, like a, a script from a play. So there'll be the narration. Those wind up being the text lines that are in the book. But there's even more um, descriptions of the artwork. Um, and then what I'll do is when I'm done writing, I'll set it aside for maybe a couple weeks to a month before I look at it again. And that gives me a set of fresh eyes almost. And then I take off my writer hat and I put on my illustrator hat. And I will approach it as an illustrator. So... My writing brain and my illustrating brain are very different. They actually don't work that well together, so I have to keep them separate. But when the book is done, they have worked well together. They just work, you know, at different timelines. Well, right. Well, I I could talk to you forever because you are really a talented fellow, a fourth grader with a lot of talent. But I'm afraid I know you have things to do and other people to speak with, so I don't want to take up all your time. But before we have to close, do you have any final thoughts you might share with grandparents? I mean, there's nothing better than uh, cuddling up with a child and reading a book. So encouraging us to share the love of reading with our grandchildren. Yeah, absolutely. Reading is one of the best things you can do with a kid. It is a great bonding moment. It grows their brain. Um, and you know what? It, it, can, it can grow them into a storyteller of their own. Um, and I always tell kids, you know, if you like telling stories and you like drawing pictures, just keep doing it and don't give up on your dreams. I'm a regular person. I have a really cool job because I work really hard. And, you know, it's important for kids to remember. And you know what? Grown-ups and grandparents remember that, too. You're never too old to follow your dreams. I love that, Ryan. Well, on that very high note, I will thank you so much for your time sharing your wonderfully creative ideas and these two delightful books with us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to hang out with you today. Um, right back at you and uh, for all you listeners out there especially you grannies please check out Norman didn't do it yes he did thanks and thanks for nothing uh, you will your grandchildren will love you for it because both of these books made it make for a lively entertaining read and they are sure to sh- charm those special little beings in your life so until next time this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio saying I'll catch you later bye bye Bye.